Praise God. Well, praise God. I'm excited. I want to get started this morning. So get your Bibles out. I got the greatest message I've ever preached this morning. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're ready. Glad y'all are tuned in. I'm serious. This is the greatest message I've ever preached in my life today. Of course, that's what I said about last week's and the week before that. But I'm telling you, what, this is the greatest message in the world. During the, during the, the uh, apocalyptic snowstorm of 2021 <clears throat> in South Texas, <laughs> trapped in the house, saying, what in the world is going on? If this is the end of the world, this isn't any fun at all, Lord. Um, I, I, I just was, you know, already had cabin fever. And uh, so I, I, I just said, well, I'm not going to let the, I'm not going to let the devil get the best of me here. I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to go, I want, I want to enlarge myself. And so I, I sat down and I, I started to read a book uh, and was getting excited about it. And I, I'd, I'd done my, my morning devotionals and readings and all that kind of stuff. And then everything started tied together and all of a sudden just boom, the Holy Ghost just hit me. And I came up with this message. Uh, I didn't come up with it. He gave it to me. I wrote it down. That's all I did. And, uh, and, and I, but truly, I believe that this is a timely message for right now, and it's going to give you some help. Because we live in a crazy world. We live in an insane world. We live in a world where you do not know what tomorrow's going to hold, what's going to come up. Like, what ridiculous thing can they come up with next? Right? And so uh, we've got to be prepared. And the way that you do not want to live as a Christian is frustrated. Or, God, why aren't you moving? Or, why is this happening? Because that is no position to fight. That's like, that's like going into a boxing match or, you know, going into the ring for a 15-round fight and the guy punches, boom, hits you, and you're like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to hit me. I, I was just going to win this. Uh, I mean, what are you talking about? How did I get hit walking over to your corner saying, he hit me. He hit me in the face. He hit me really hard. It hurt. And he's like, what do you mean, stupid? Get back out there and fight. And he's like, oh, well, but, but I got punched. And a lot of Christians are like that. They're saying, we're, we're supposed to be, we're, we're, we're confessing. We're sons of God, overcomers, more than conquerors in life. Ah, oh, I got hit. What happened? Uh, it shouldn't be. Because see, what's happened is we've gotten our charismatic doctrine all messed up to where we believe that we should have a scripture or a word that we can pray off every trial that could come our way so that we can only we only walk in perfection we only walk in just glory we only walk in candy land james chapter 1 verse 2 you got to deal with it nobody likes it they want to exacto knife it out of their bible my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials now this is james this is a church at jerusalem Someone who'd been with Jesus. And if he could have said, my brethren, count it all joy as you pray and have no trials in life. I stood in the midst of the snow blizzard and said, what are you doing? Get out of here in the name of Jesus. And it just snowed harder. <laughs> my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces Patience. Now, we take that word patience and we think it's like, you know, learning to smile while enduring torture. Like going to the dentist's office and conversing with them. Have y'all ever noticed that you go to the dentist's office, you know, they go in there, they have their hands in your mouth, a suction deal in your mouth, all this stuff sucking in your mouth, and they start asking you questions. Like you can talk? No, that word patience means endurance. It means, it means 
Getting to the place that you're a runner, you're getting your, your body to where you can endure, you can go more, you can, you can go longer, you can go faster, you train to endure till you have strength within you. But let patience or endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Everybody say lacking nothing. We like that, don't we? Lacking nothing. Can I, does anybody here not like the word lacking nothing? Okay, none of us. We all want to walk in victory. We all want to lack nothing, right? Okay, but to get to lacking nothing, to get to that place of lacking nothing, you have to go through the trial and the endurance. Can I have an amen? amen. Can somebody say, Pastor, you're preaching good? <laughs> right? You got to get to that place, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to endure. Nobody wants to work out. I don't care who you are. If, they, if, you, if you say you like to work out, there's just something not right with you. I mean... <laughs> You may can do it for health reasons or, you know, have a, no, a knowledge like that. But if you just like to go torture yourself and tear your body down, there's something wrong with you. I'm telling you, you weren't you weren't held enough as a child or something. I mean, it's just not right. OK, so so but we don't want to endure. We just want the lacking nothing so that we found an easy way out. Let's just move out of this denomination, go over to this denomination. So we're just going to learn the word of faith so we can just pray so we don't have to walk through the endurance. <laughs> John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now, is that not almost the same statement that James made? Jesus said, look, you're going to have tribulations. Well, listen, we live in a fallen world. Are y'all with me? Ephesians 1, 3. I'm going to give you some scriptures, and I'm just going to jump, boom, right into this thing. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. Everybody say, who has. That means it already took place. Who has. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All right, now we're getting somewhere. We're seeing there's trials, but Jesus said, be a good cheer. James says, you're going to have trials, but you're going to get to the place of lacking nothing. So then go to 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, who has, oh, as he, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not reading it right. Let me back up. I'm back on Ephesians 1, 3. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things. Has given. Means it's yours already. Not going to give. Has given. Correct? Has given all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue and by which having been given to us exceedingly, Great and precious promises that through these, through these exceeding great and precious promises, you may be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, there's a way out of the corruption. There's a way out of the trial, but it's through the promises of God and walking in his divine nature. Hebrews chapter six, verse 13. Hebrews six, 13. For when God has made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessings, I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. And after these things, he patiently endured, he obtained the promises. Do you see that? After he patiently endured, 
Oof. Oof. Everybody say, oof. You know, I'm sorry. It didn't just go, ha ha. Yeah, I got it. Patiently endured. You know that word patiently? Same word. Means enduring. Strengthen yourself. Patiently endured. He obtained the promise. After he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I just read the word to you. That wasn't the Reader's Digest. That wasn't Life Magazine. That was the word of God. Amen? The promises of what God said that he would do for us as Christians. But then what happened is the, the enemy gets in and he doesn't want you to live it. He doesn't want you to know it. He doesn't want you to grow in it. He doesn't want you to be strengthened in it. So the enemy comes in. He starts trying to twist it. He starts trying to twist doctrine. So he's got doctrine twisted around with people and they're saying, oh, well, you know, I guess then we should all be poor and be lacking because that's what God wants us to do. And then you've got these people over here, no, we should have everything and this is the way it should be. And you're not in faith if you didn't get it and this and that. And so then twisting it around, they're twisting it around, twisting it around because he wants you to get off of what the truth is because if you ever get hold of the truth, set you free. Have y'all ever noticed that Jesus cast out a whole lot of devils in church? Yeah. Jesus preaching a service one day and somebody's jumped up, demon manifest and said, he's the son of the most high God. Head spun around. I added that. So what happens is we can see that through the word, God has promises for us to walk in. If we apply them to our life and walk in it correctly, then we're going to see victory. We're going to see lacking nothing. We're going to see good things coming, but there is trials that are going to face us. And it's about learning to be a trial, overcoming the trials. Okay. It's about learning to overcome those trials. Most Christians spend their whole life trying to come to some, or trying to come to the reality that they can trust God at his word. How many Christians are just walking for, forever, and they're just in the same place over and over again, and they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're growing, but their growth is slow because they're just really trying to come to a place that they could trust that God's going to do what God said he'd do. Okay? Okay, so... You can set that aside for a minute. That, that was the hors d'oeuvre. Now I'm going to go into a different thing because I'm going to show you the Titus. Act. I'm going to show you what God showed me to help you put in place in your life an application. I don't want to preach a message today that you cannot apply to your life. I want to preach a message today that you can then take and you can say, ah, this is what I need to do. I see I need to arrange this, rearrange this, change this, and do this. And you start to flow with God. So... I, 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 God gave me this, gave me seven points, and, 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 and I got it. And then I started looking at some and said, Lord, we need something to remember it by. You know, like we need something, something. And so I got a word that fits. It's in the first time I think I've ever in my entire life preached. It's called an acronym. Isn't that right? Is that right? Where I have a word and every word spells off something. I've never done that in my life. I was like kind of excited. And I was so excited about it. And then... I started to make sure I was right, and I started checking up, and I spelled the word wrong. <laughs> I spelled the word wrong. So I have this perfect acronym with a wrong spelled word. So you know what I did? Created my own word. Have my own word today. And the word is swagger. Robert spelling and definition. I changed the definition of the word. How many of y'all know? that there's a, that an, an iconic person that has a swagger is John Wayne, right? 
I mean, when he walks, he just, he's got that. Well, I looked up the word swagger, and, uh, and it says to walk arrogantly. That's what Webster's Dictionary said. And I thought, well, that ain't right. That ain't what I was wanting to say. So uh, do I have the, did you have the definition? Okay, so my definition, I had to spell the word S-W-A-G-E-R, which, why did they use two G's? You don't need two G's. The word spells out right with one G. So I've changed the spelling of the word. It's spelled S-W-A-G-E-R-S. Oh, John swaggers across the room. You don't need two G's. It's an extra letter. You have to write it. Cost you ink. It doesn't need it in there. So my definition and spelling of the word, there's only one G in swagger. All right. What it means, walking with godly confidence through grace. That means when you swagger across the room, you're walking with God to confidence because you know God's got you. You swagger across the room. All right? Okay, so here we go. I want you to look, go to the book of Titus, chapter 2, and I want to show you the Titus effect, how to get this in your life. And you can take that down and we can go to this and then we can come back to that in a minute if you want. Swaggers. He swaggers across the room because he has godly confidence in his God. The Titus effect. Now, you have to understand who Titus is. Small book, a lot of people just miss it. But Titus was one of Paul's right-hand men. He was going throughout the whole land, establishing churches, building churches. This guy was amazing. And so Paul writes to Titus, and he's telling him and giving him some, some strengthening words that he could help in life to Establish churches and build leaders and Christians. Now, chapter 2, verse 11 is where I want to start. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from ever lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort, rebuke with all authority, and let no one despise you. Do you know that you were God's own special people? Do you really know that? See, the devil works overtime to get you to not believe that you were special. But you're special. Every one of y'all in here is special. Everybody out there watching this broadcast, you're special. You're unique. You're, you're designed by God for a unique purpose that only you can fulfill. That's the truth. You can't do my ministry and I can't do yours. Okay? So the first thing you have to understand, Paul is putting into Titus something to share with people. The very first thing of this word swagger is salvation. You have to understand this morning. And I'm going to go through all these seven points real quick today, and then I'm going to have to go back next week on a message and start building them. So if you want more information, you'll have to just keep tuning into the broadcast because this is going to be several weeks. But I want to get the bulk of it out to you today. The first thing is salvation. You have to understand, most people think salvation is coming to an altar call and giving their life to Christ, and then you're saved. Boom. End of it. Like that. Okay, you did that point. Okay, check that block. No. Salvation has to do with more than that. Salvation has to do with taking you out of the kingdom of darkness and translating you over to the kingdom of his son. 
It has to be taking the power of the devil off of you and bringing you over here to where you're a son of God, to where the, with the power and authority and everything that heaven has starts belong, is belonging to you. It's a total and complete transference and taking out of one kingdom and placing in another. Salvation is more than just being able to say, oh, yeah, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. No, it's that God is right there with you, walking with you every step of the way, always there because you became his child. You are a son and daughter of God. Amen. And ain't no devil in hell supposed to put him putting his hand on you. Second thing he said to Titus. If you notice, he said that salvation is spirit to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldliness, we should live soberly. The second thing that we have to deal with is our free will. Listen to me. Every one of y'all sitting in here, you have free will. You can you have a choice. You can drink sweet tea or unsweet tea. You can drink coffee. You can drink water. Hello? You have a choice. You have a free will. And that free will gets in the way of God working in your life if you don't yield it to him. It's called lordship. And when you start doing things the way you want it done or the way you think it should be done, or you start saying, no, Lord, it has to go this way. Or, hey, hey, let me throw this one out. Somebody makes you mad. Somebody offends you. Somebody hurts your feelings. Right, rightly or unrightly. Is unrightly a word? Close enough, right? It goes in Robert's Dictionary over there. And you say, man, I'm going to go over there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear into them. I'm going to give them peace of my mind. I'm going to let them know. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to slap them, man. I'm going I'm to do. Oh, wait a minute. You, 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 you. If you remember why the devil fell out of heaven, and if you go read over there in Isaiah 14, it's like, I, 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 I. Your free will. Not willing to be like Jesus and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And so some people have just laid down. Doctrine has gotten messed up, and I'm going to go into this. Don't think I've just fallen off the deep end here, because I, I, there's, there's sometimes you do not pray Lord, thy will be done, because if it's something you're supposed to be rebuking and getting out of the way, you need to rebuke and get it out of the way. That's the proper way to pray. All right? But my, my, my point is, is that are you going to walk in the will of God or your will? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting ready to be thrown into the fire. I know what I'd have been doing. I'd have been locking my heels down. I'd have been grabbing, I'd have wrapping my legs around those guards. I'd have been hanging on the door, scratching their ear. I'm going towards the fire. Everything within my mind would be saying, that isn't going to be good. Hello? Not rather than to stand up and say, look, if you throw me in the fire, it ain't going to matter. Well, no matter what's going on. How many of you, oh, come on, ask yourself the question. You're throw, getting ready to throw you in the fire. There it is. And they got you in there. And would you be saying, God, why have you forsaken me? Is that the only scripture that could come into your mind is what Jesus said at the cross? Lord, why have you forsaken me? What are you going to be saying? What are you going to be doing? Because you see, the, the battle of us is our will versus God's will. And sometimes... It's God's will for us to walk through some trials and to overcome them so we can be larger and endure. A great, for instance, we all just lived. I don't like snow, but I ain't scared of it. I know what I'm going to do with my water pipes next time. Amen. I have been grown. I have enlarged. I know more. 
I'm going to know when to sweep off the snow and when to leave it alone. I know not to step in the tire track the next day. I have been enlarged through this trial. I have grown and I am wiser. So I can help somebody. Somebody calls me up and said, man, Pastor, it snowed over at my house. I said, hey, tomorrow don't walk in that tire track. <laughs> I guarantee you that. You'd fall. You with me? Okay. So my point is, we see that example, but then in the things that test us, somebody's hurt us, there's been an offense, there's been a trial, something broke, something didn't go right, something right here. We look at it as, oh my God, the devil's going, I rebuke in the name of Jesus, foul devil on the bed of hell. When we should stop and say, um, right then, right then you should say, Lord, not the way I think it should be done, but the, I'm here, I'm your servant. I know you're, I'm your child and you're going to take me through this and I'm going to win on the other side because I'm a winner. I'm always going to come out ahead. If it's in the middle of the fire or before the fire, it won't make any difference. I submit my will to you and I'm going to be okay. But you see right then, you've already got the fight won. But if you say, oh God, I must have done something wrong. I had to go through a trial. Something's happened. I repeat that. Oh God, what have I done? Oh God, I'm the yeah. I've got the devil in me. Come cast it out. Oh my God. When the truth of the matter is, it may just be a trial because we live in a fallen world. The first thing you've got to do is submit your free will to God and say, no, Lord, I'm yours. I'm your child. What am I doing? I'm not driving this ship. You are. I'm just along for the ride. Third thing. You notice here he says, he says, uh, and, and, and period all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously uh, in this world. So this, the, this, the third thing is, we have to start to become aware, what are you living for? Are you living for righteousness? You got to become aware of yourself. What are you living for? Are you living for godliness and righteousness in your life and desiring to be in godly and righteous situations? Or are you wanting to become the avenger of those who have wronged you. Do you want to do it God's way or you want to do it your way? Lord, send fire down from heaven upon them. You're like the sons of thunder. Just burn the town. You want us to burn the town? I mean, is that so, so opposite of Jesus? He's going on loving people, healing people, letting the little children, and then they get to the place. You want us to burn the town? We'll burn it. We'll call fire down. We'll burn it up. Kill them all. Watch them. Running off. I mean, that is so opposite Jesus. So I'm asking you, see, you got to submit your free will to the Lord and you got to desire it righteously. Lord, what is the righteous thing to do here? Okay, now you're getting your heart right. You're starting to get things lined up. See, first, you're, you're realizing who you are. Second thing is, is now, you know, you, 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 you're, you're, you're submitted your free will to him. Now you're asking him and you're desiring what's righteous and what, what, what's the right thing to do here, Lord. Okay. You see how you're starting to line yourself up. All the craziness is getting out of your head because you're starting to line yourself up with him. You're starting to pray differently. Now the problem has arisen and rather than just attacking it, you're, you know, you stopped and you said, okay, Lord, right now, I just thank you. Uh, I, I, I submit my will to you. I just want to walk uh, in the tightest effect. And I just thank you, Lord, you're just going to show me what I need to do. I want to live right. I want to do it right, Lord. I want to bring, I want to be godly. I want to bring godliness here. And then the Lord may say, rebuke it, whatever, whatever. I got more on that, but we'll get to that.
Number four, we have to believe in his grace. Now, grace is a power, not just a covering for your mistakes. Listen to me. We have so watered grace down. We've, there's some churches preach cheap grace. Basically, you can go out and do anything you want to, and grace is going to cover it. You want to have an affair? Go have an affair. Just repent. It'll be okay. Cheap grace. Cheap grace. Go ahead. You repent later. You know, it ain't no big deal. Just cheap grace. But on the other hand, people looked at grace as nothing more than it's the covering for all of my mistakes. And so God lets, he allows, he has this, this, it's like I stink, but he has perfume to spray on me so I don't smell so bad at the throne. Grace. Right? Otherwise, I'd come to the throne and everybody go, ooh. Any of you have a dog that's outside, you know that sometimes when that dog finds certain things, they think smell like roses. And the dog comes up and you go, oh, God, what did you roll in? God's grace is the perfume that comes out and goes, Ch-ch-ch. that's what we've taken grace and made it be. But that's not what grace is. Grace is a powerful force. Grace is something that the Bible says over and over again that it will abound towards you. In other words, it will be like a wave coming up over you. And what's it going to do for you? Well, grace is going to line everything up. Because grace is God's power and ability that becomes yours. Because grace gives you everything of those scriptures that I read to you that are already bought for you by the blood of Jesus comes into your life and makes available to y'all. But how many of y'all know that in, in, in just a natural world, we don't know everything? You know, we don't know everything. How many of y'all know everything about a computer? That got you, didn't it? So, how many of you know everything about the kingdom of God? I'm just telling you, you don't. I had to update my phone. I had to get a new one, but died in the snowstorm. Snowstorm of 2021 killed it. And so, I had to get another one. And so, you know, I'm not a man for change. So, I just found something that was exactly like what I had and got another one that worked. And so, uh, but I had to update the program so that, you know, the, the next update, you know how that's, I don't know what they do. It's extremely irritating, but they do something. And so all of a sudden, in the way I create my notes and put scriptures, copy and paste scriptures in my Bible, it was different. Something was right. I used to, I used to just touch it, and, 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 and I could highlight the word and copy it, and now I had to double tap. And I didn't know that. And so, man, I was doing some double, triple, quadruple tap, and I was getting mad because I couldn't make this stupid thing work. And I was just, what is the matter with this stupid thing? You know, and man, I was mad and, you know, I cursed everything. Call down fire. I was calling down fire. And, and then somehow or another, I just lightly double tapped it, and then that was the key, and then that did it, and then it was just then a, then a single touch on the other one, and then it started working. I was like, huh, you know, actually it works better. <laughs> but we're talking four or five days of calling fire down before I discovered this. Nobody gave me the instruction manual for the new stupid update, you know, why they do things. They think we're just going to know it. We're older people. We don't do that, right? So point I'm trying to say is all of a sudden a new world opened up to me because I understood just to change something just a little bit from holding my finger on it to a double tap and my world changed. How many of y'all know it's the same thing with the kingdom of God? 
that you can be going along. You've been praying a scripture forever. You've been calling, you've been praying a certain way forever. You've been doing it forever and wondering why things aren't working. What do you do? You keep doing the same thing. Folks, I'm telling you, if something ain't working, you need change. If you're not walking in a fulfilled, intimate relationship with the Lord, growing every day, feeling him talking to you in revelation, coming to you and things are getting bigger and you're growing and you know you are. And everybody can say, man, I see you look like you're doing good. You don't see changes within folks. You may ought to change what you're doing. Well, my grandma did it this way. Bless God, I'm going to do it this way, too. Now, I don't want to talk bad about your grandma, but she might not have been right or might not have had full knowledge. I'm, I'm preaching good here. Don't get mad at me. I'm preaching good. I'm challenging you to step out. You say, well, that's the way I've always done it. Well, if it didn't work, you change it. And listen, if you're satisfied and everything's okay, well, then you don't have to listen to this message at all. You can just go sit over in the corner and be quiet. But I'm talking to people here that we find in the days and times that are getting more and more frustrating. Whoever thought we'd have to pray about if it's, if, if, how we're going to vote, if, it's, if we're going to kill babies or not. I mean, come on. That ain't never been thought of. There are things going on right now that have never been thought of. In my wildest dreams and imaginations, I have never thought it possible. I have never thought about having to have, uh, that we cannot have Mr. Potato Head anymore. I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, Jesus, help us. Come, Lord Jesus, get us quickly. They've taken Mr. Potato Head away. It's offensive, Mr. Potato Head. Well, there was a Mrs. Potato Head. Buy two Mrs. Potato Heads. I don't know, but just, I mean, Mr. Potato Head. Never in 35 years of knowing Jesus have I ever thought that I would have to come to a day that I'd have to pray about issues that are going on. Okay? So all I'm telling you is you need to get in your repertoire of fighting, in your fighting bag of tools and, and weapons. You are needing different ones. And so we've got to grow. So... Grace takes us into that place where we start to understand the things that are going on with God because we have stopped trying to tell God how to do it. We have backed up and submitted our free will to him. We've begun to say, Lord, I'm just going to walk in your grace. Let your grace abound towards me and show me what I should do. Now you're getting yourself in the right position. You're getting in a position that God's going to back you. And man, you can start to see victory because you've gotten out of the way of telling him what he should be doing. The fifth thing here. He said here in, in, in Titus 2, he says, looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you listen to me? The fifth thing that you have to start adding or you have to start doing to walk in the Titus effect is, is you have to start living for eternity. Folks, listen to me. No matter what you're assessing on this earth, and it's great, there's nothing wrong that God does not care what size your house is. He doesn't care uh, how much land you own or, or whatever you're doing, or doing. But if your whole vision is about encompassing some you know, monumental thing on this earth, as your legacy in life, you're wrong. You're short-sighted because we're living, we're eternal people and we're living forever, forever. In eternity, you're going to step over. And the Bible says that this life right now is like you struck a match. It's just a flicker. It's just a flame. Goes out. But eternity is forever. And I'm asking you today, are you living and looking forward to Jesus coming back? Now, as you get older, you always say, oh, come on back, Lord Jesus, before I get too old, you know? But the truth of the matter is, are you, I want to see Jesus. I'm going to tell you all right off the bat. I want to see Jesus because I am so sick and tired of unrighteousness. I'm so sick and tired of lying, cheating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And I want Jesus to come back because I want to be ruled by a righteous God. And I don't care if he comes back and slaps the dog out of me right off the bat and said, Robert, you lop-eared galoot, you didn't, you didn't do it right. I don't care because I know it will be done righteously. Are y'all with me? I want to be judged by a righteous God, by a righteous judge. I want to see righteousness on the face of the earth. Okay? And I want to see Jesus come back and I want to see him set up his kingdom because I know it'll be right. And it will be the first time ever there's been fairness and equality over the world when Jesus does it. But there's going to be some lying devil outside the city saying, that ain't right. I want to be bad. We need to change the law. Some amendment in there so I can be bad and do what I want to. And he just better hope he can run fast if I get to come out of the city on a white horse with a rod in my hand. That's all I can say. I want to see a righteous God. I want to see a righteous government. I want to see, a, I want to see the kingdom. I long for that. Okay? That's living for eternity, church, is what I'm talking about. I want to see the y'all taught. I want to see the children trained. I'm so proud of our young parents around here, and I see them raising their kids and bringing them to church and getting them in. I'm glad we got a nursery problem. I'm glad we got kids everywhere. I'm glad we're growing. I'm glad that things are taking place because people are being taught righteousness right from wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm proud of them. And hear me now. You've got to get that into your everyday life that you're living for eternity. All right. That sixth thing here is that it says that we're supposed to rebuke. Now, listen to me. I want to tell you what that rebuke's all about. It's that we have to become the great evangelist on the face of the earth right now and tell people they're going the wrong way. If you don't tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, people around you, when you see them doing things that I'm not talking about, you know, the big four. I'm talking about, you know, they're, they're headed to hell on a Harley and you better get them. I shouldn't have said that. And then people are going to say, well, can't ride a Harley? No, I mean, you're going really fast towards something wrong. Okay, pastor has a Harley, so okay. Just gonna... So my point is, my point is here. That what I'm saying is that we have to begin, we have to be able to stand in front of people and say, look, I, I'm telling you, you're going the wrong direction. Don't, don't go down that road. It's not going to be profitable. It's not going to be profitable. It's not going to bear fruit. You're not going to enjoy it. Down at the end, ooh, it gets really rough and rocky and ugly. Are you all with me? That's what he's talking about. That's the, that's the R in swagger, the rebuke. You've got to have that in your life. You've got to be ready to tell somebody, no, that's wrong. And see, a lot of times we don't want to do that because that's confrontational and confrontation scares us. But, oh, which is worse to later be standing in the, the balcony of heaven looking down and see that person in hell? See, all the things going on with people and all the stuff happening in our government today and like that. I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to call fire down on, on them. I, I don't want to do that. that that's, that's not the will of God. But I certainly want to grab people and shake them a little bit and say, hey, you need to wake up. This is not productive. You're going the wrong direction. You're, this is not going to bear fruit. You're not going to find joy and happiness down that road. You can't do that. You can't do that. The way they're trying to take our school systems and our, 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 our everywhere, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to bear fruit. It's just not going to bear fruit. I know that. How do I know that? See it, I know it in the Word of God, and I see it in life. Okay. And then the seventh thing, the last thing, the last thing here about to get in your swagger on, all right, is 
You have to start speaking this out of your mouth in a declaration. In other words, in other words, you have to start standing up when adversity first comes, a trial first comes. You have to start speaking around and say, Lord, Lord, I thank you. Your grace is abounding towards me today. Mm, mm, mm. Titus effect is having a prop, is just having a great effect in my life today. Lord, I just declared, I thank you that you were. You start speaking that out of your mouth. You've got to get vocal. Well, I like to thank my prayers. Ain't gonna work. You got to get vocal out of your mouth. You've got to get to where you're, you're, this is a part of your life. Now, you do not know how much hell of trials I've walked through since I got this message. Because it's just like, oh, yeah. And when I saw it, I thought, "Mm, this is going to hurt, Lord. And you cannot even believe that I have stopped so many times during the day and said, Lord, I just think your grace is bounded towards me. The other day. I was actually walking my 30 minutes, because we can all do 30 minutes, and I was walking my 30 minutes singing Amazing Grace, because I, Amazing Grace, the song Amazing Grace has changed, the words changed to me when I started looking at this message, because I'm seeing grace as the power of God coming into my life and abounding towards me to help me walk out the Titus effect so that I can not be frustrated in life, because knowing that God's got me and whatever's going to take place, it's okay, because I'm in grace, and I'm it can't, it can't, I'm going to win. It's a trial. So what? I'm going to endure. I'm going to be stronger and I'll come out of the other end smarter. And so I just started walking and saying, Lord, that's amazing grace. Whoo, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. Abounded towards me. And man, as I just kept walking, doing this, and it wasn't the exercise, because exercise makes me tired. I started feeling good. My old, my old spirit just started getting all excited. I was just getting happier. And, and, and it just seemed like, yeah, I had some trials. I had some troubles. I had some things I had to walk through. But God was abounding. And then I started seeing him moving. I started, wow, he's moving. Wow, wow you did that? What? <laughs> things just started happening. And I wasn't even like calling fire down on them. Or, or, I didn't even put a lot of prayer in it. I just started seeing God moving. And I was like, wow, Lord, you're moving because I got out of the way. I'd have been in the way if I'd have been over there in the middle of it. And you're just taking care of that situation. And it started becoming relaxing and, and just freeing because here I am just trusting in his amazing grace. These trials we're going to walk through in life, quit sitting around trying to figure out why you got in the trial, what happened. What I mean, come on, folks, if you're outside in the back hiding, snorting coke, thinking about killing everybody. I mean, you're wrong. I mean, give it up. Okay? But I mean, a lot of Christians have spent a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, what happened to them in the womb that uh, caused them to be like this. So they should just quit thinking about that and get over into the grace of God and let God heal them. Right? So the trials of life, you're not going to, what I'm saying to you today is to make the effect work when the trial of life comes, instead of having a fit, getting frustrated, throwing it, you're going to stop right then. And you're going to say, Lord, I submit my will to you. And I thank you for your abounding, amazing grace. I'm going to get my swagger on. I'm going to go out there, Lord God, and get my confident swagger on that God is taking care of me. You're going to take care of me today, Lord. Your grace is abounding towards me. And we're going to overcome this trial. I'm going to grow through it. I'm going to be enlarged. I'm going to get bigger. And I'm going to be able to walk right through it, Lord. And then the next one that comes, I'm going to be, I already got 
notches in my belt. Things I overcame by the power of God. And then all of a sudden, everything's going to start to look different to you. I want to give you one last scripture here. Psalms 35, 27. Psalms 35, 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all day long. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Let's just be shouting for joy. Folks, we got saved. We're in the kingdom of heaven. We're living for eternity. All of heaven, all that heaven has is yours. And instead of sitting around saying, well, why isn't this working? What's going on? What's taking place? Back up. I'm asking you to back up. Submit your free will to God and say, Lord, let your grace abound and show me what I need to do. And he's going to show you what steps to take. What, what, what? You know, maybe you need to leap on a little ledge over here and walk a little bit. Keep your feet from getting muddy. Are y'all with me? It's a simple, it's a simple plan. But the Titus effect can have great results in your life because you're going to start to have a swagger that's going to just be that confident, godly walk with God because you know he's got you. And then when a trial comes, something comes that, you know, irritates you, instead of falling apart, you're just going to say, man, we're going to go through this, Lord. I'm going to get stretched and endured, getting in training for eternity. Get me some eternity training. Walk more like a child of God. And then, you know, you're going to have something to set, tell somebody. I've always said, how can you be an overcomer if you never overcame anything? You cannot go to college and get a certificate that says you're an overcomer because you studied for it. You're an overcomer because you overcame something. And I look at so many of y'all, and y'all are such awesome people. You're so amazing. Some of you have overcome so many things and, and, and conquered so many things, and, and you're just amazing. And I believe that the enemy is turning up the heat in, in, the, in what's going on in the world to try to get you discouraged, to try to get you to submit, to try to get you to become isolated, to try to get you to a place where your voice is not heard and you're beaten down. Now, I want to give you one last thought. The A in this, to become aware and to live righteously. You know, it's funny because as times change, there's things that we're not as aware of. Now, y'all are going to laugh at this one. <clears throat> I had to go into a, a place the other day, and uh, I, 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 I didn't even think about a mask, okay? And so I just got out of my truck and walked up to the door, and, and it was like bolts, and the door went down. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, giant sign, you know, be shot dead. You know, it's like a machine gun came out. It's what I felt like. Came out with a turd. <laughs> it was laying right on me. If I didn't put a mask on, <laughs> I may be a little extreme, but that's what I felt. <laughs> felt no love, no peace. Giant sign, you know, don't even think about coming through this door. And so I was like, oh, good gosh. And so I walked out to my truck, dug around, find something, found an old handkerchief and dusted it off and got it all out and wrapped that thing around my mouth like a bandit, you know, and walk up there to the door. And so this is new to me because I don't go anywhere that requires a mask. And so I, 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 it was all new to me. And so I was trying, I was, I was disoriented. 
okay? Because I've been in the building before, and, 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 but now there was this big plexiglass thing in front, and, and, and the guard, what I want to call him, the mask guard was there. And, uh, and so I was, a, I was a little like, whoa, what's going on here, you know? And, and I got this stupid thing on my face, too, and I don't feel right. And so I'm looking around, I'm like this, and so he says, you know, she starts asking me questions. I said, I said, I just need to go over there. And I said, okay, sir, here. And he just came at me. And, and so I, I, you know, I started to draw. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what? And he comes at me and he pulls out this little thermometer gun, you know? And before I know what happened, he shot me right in the head. <laughs> and he was quick with it too. He's like, oh yes, sir. And I was like, what are you doing? It's too late. I was dead. He shot me. And I was so defeated and just felt disgusted that I had just been whipped at the front door by the mask guard. And then it was like I got over there and I don't even know what's going on. I don't know what, you know, I just, and, and, and so, then, so then I stopped. I said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's oh, Titus effect here? Good. Aware. Okay, so I sat there the whole time while they were doing this stuff for me. I was looking at that guard. What's that boy doing? Where'd he put that thing? Where'd that thing come over there? Got a glass over there. Oh, okay, there you got that thing going. Man, I know now. Boy, I tell you what, he better watch it with his little thermometer gun. Next time he comes out, I'll take him to the floor. If something new, I wasn't aware of it. It got me. My point is, the enemy wants to do that too to you. And so when we, be, we need to get that awareness in us of what's going on with the enemy. Oh, that's why I feel irritated today, because you're putting that stupid thought in my head. No, I'm going to live for righteousness. No, God's grace is abounding towards me. Everything's going to be okay. You see what I mean? You become aware of what's going on to you that's causing that irritation. Are you all with me? How many of you have ever got like a little, little something in your sock? Like maybe it's not on the bottom of your sock. Maybe it's up on the side and you just don't know where it's at. And you keep looking and you keep taking your shoe off looking to see where is this stupid thorn or this little something that's in my sock. And then you put it back on. And you say, oh, I got it. And then you walk up and say, I didn't get it. Can I have a show of hands? Y'all ever had that happen? Okay. You, it just irritates you, right? Now, the obvious thing is, is just go get another pair of socks. But then there's something within me that won't give up that this sock is going to defeat me. So I dig at it and dig at it and dig at it. All right? Sometimes it's like that in our walk with Jesus. There's something irritating us, and we don't really know why. And the enemy is just trying to prick at you and get you irritated and keep you irritated so that you're not aware you're distracted. It's a distracting thing. That little thing in your sock, it is distracting. And he's trying to do that to us to get us distracted. And that's why I'm saying, I don't want to be distracted with all this other stuff going on in life. I want to follow Jesus and live righteously and live for him and live soberly and live aware and keep my relationship and grace abounding towards me and going on to the next big event and going on to the next big event with God and going on and being there where I'm supposed to be. Amen. And we're going to keep going over this and keep looking at this and keep dissecting this and keep putting it into our lives until we get this down to where you as Christians are just flowing so easy. You're just flowing down the road, ain't no big deal, you know? Something comes, God tried to kill you with a thermometer gun. I mean, seriously, I think about things like that all the time, you know? I mean, I've had a few death threats in, in, in my times, and I think about that. Somebody just walking up, sticking a gun to my head and shooting me. 
And I let God guide me. He got me just right there. I mean, I just walked in the building, took a lamb to the slaughter, boom. Couldn't believe it. Won't happen again. I guarantee you that one. Learned my lesson. Amen? Amen. We'll put your Bibles up and stand up if you would. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? Hey, man, my prayer team, pastoral team, come down here. Listen to me. If you're out there watching this video, I just want you to know, man, Jesus loves you. You are important to him. I'm so glad you tuned in today. If you're a first-time viewer, you've just, just found this thing, well, uh, I, let me tell you what. Come on back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. But listen to me. If you just come in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know today if you died that you'd go to heaven. You don't know what's going to happen. You never even thought about it. Listen to me. The Bible is real simple. Jesus loves you. He died for you on the cross. He paid the price for your sins and my sins. And all you have to do to have him come into your life and have this great, amazing effect of grace working in your life is to invite Jesus into your life. Take that free will of yours and say, Lord, I believe, Jesus, you are the son of God. I believe you died for me. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to make heaven my home. And if you do that, right there, Jesus will touch you right in your house, your car, or wherever you may be. If you're in this building today and you're not sure that you're right with Jesus, you're not sure if you die today, you'd go to heaven. That's why we have prayer team people up here. And I know that I'm kind of hard about this because, see, I just don't want to make a sweet little altar call. I don't want to just, just kind of, you know, play the music and kind of woo you up here because I want you to make a decision based upon your faith that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and therefore you're not going to be intimidated by anything. Our prayer team people up here, they'll pray with you. They will lead you to Jesus. All you've got to be doing is be willing and take that step from your chair to the front to give your life to Christ and you watch what Jesus will do for you. Amen? Amen. Now look at that person beside you and say, I really like the Titus effect. Now look at somebody else and say, boy, I got my swagger on. <laughs> and grab their hand and let me bless you and pray over you. Father, I just declare right now today in this service, we're going to walk out of here. We're going to go out of here, Lord, with our swagger on, that, that, that godly confidence in you and who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, I thank you for your amazing grace and for the Titus effect coming upon each and every one of us. I declare where Christians have been frustrated, Lord, and letting the devil irritate them, that no longer is that going to take place because, Lord, they're going to look at the trials of life, say, Lord, how are we going to overcome it? We're going to go through it. We're going to be enlarged. We're going to be, we're going to be overcomers and more than conquerors. And, Lord, you're going to show us you're going to show us exactly what we need to do in life. So, Lord, bless them today. Let this message be sunk into their hearts and into their lives. And, Lord, as we continue to walk in it in the days ahead and look at it, I thank you for growing us all through this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you if you need it.